This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to begin by acknowledging and paying respect to the Wondery people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is... To invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I am Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host, Sophie Dicker. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Melbourne. We're actually in person, which is really nice for a new series for you guys. Yes, thank you all so much for your very kind words about our Kathy Wood episodes over the last couple of weeks. We, I mean, as you can probably tell, were so proud to be able to, I guess, lock Kathy in as a guest. And it was so awesome seeing how you guys enjoyed and engaged with those episodes. So yeah. a big thank you. There's a lot of background messages. Yeah, Like, I loved it. I'm like, oh, out of the woodworks. Hello. <laughs> it's so good. I absolutely loved it. And I guess off the back of that, we got inspired for a new series for the next eight weeks. I think Kathy really got us thinking about and excited about investing again, to be <laughs> honest. Like, and I know we're an investing podcast, obviously, but, you know, we've been doing the founder series. We did the Feb series at the start of the year where it was all about sort of resetting and setting up money habits. And I think more than anything, researching and then t- talking to Kathy during this episode just made me so excited and motivated to invest again. Yeah, I think she reframed that like the future of investing is really exciting. Mm. That's what I took from it. And I think I've been like kind of on the back burner a bit, putting into ETFs. And I'm like, no, let's like start digging back into companies and what they're doing. Agreed. So over the next eight weeks, we are going to be looking into companies we love, but are they a good investment? Of course, this does not constitute financial advice. These episodes are going to be 20 minutes, so we definitely cannot cover everything, but we're just going to be sharing the process that we use as a starting point or some inspiration for you listening at home to do some further research. I love Tesla, but is it a good investment? Hey, Maddie and Soph, loved the episode last week with Kathy Wood. She spoke really highly of Tesla, but I was wondering, is it really a good investment? I guess the first place we start when we're thinking about a company is like the opportunity. And to be honest, for me, it's just so obvious, like EV, talk, electric vehicles, the AI technology, it's just everywhere. All my news articles, everything that I'm listening to, it just seems like we're really on the brink of autonomous driving being so commonplace mm. in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think for EVs, they're obviously something that have been on our radar a lot, but something that comes to mind is when you were telling me that you got back from the US earlier yeah. this year and your biggest comment was everyone is driving EVs and in particular Teslas. Tesla, yeah. It's something that has been on our radar for a while now, but what I've been really noticing over the last few months or so is Teslas and electric vehicles are actually really ramping up 
their presence around yeah. Melbourne, Sydney. And yep. we're seeing electric charges a lot more as well. It's interesting because one of my friends who, I think their cousin lives in San Fran, mm. they were over there visiting and they were saying that they saw Waymos everywhere. Is that the Google, Google car? One. Yeah. So. And when I had a chat to him about it, he was saying that, you know, everything always in the in the US happens first and then Australia is like maybe like a year lag time. What's that saying? When the US has a sniffle, everywhere else catches a cold. Something like that. <laughs> Have you never heard of that? No. <laughs> okay, so we've set the scene then that the opportunity is that this EV technology, consumers are demanding it, companies are coming out with it and it's moving quite rapidly. Mm. So Tesla specifically then, do you want to give some background about where the company has come from? Yeah, so I think... Step number two when we are building out an investment thesis is really build the story, understand where the company has come from, because I think you can learn a lot from the history. And Tesla has a very interesting history. Now, off the top of this, I'm going to highly recommend that we'll include the links in our episode notes. You go and listen to the Acquired episode on Tesla. I listened to it yesterday. It's a whopper. It goes for like two and a half hours or something, <laughs> but it is so interesting. And this is where I got a lot of my facts and inspiration. Tesla, I think it's important to realize from the beginning, Elon Musk wasn't actually involved in the company. He is not one of the founders. Tesla was actually founded in 2003 by the engineers Martin Eberhard and Mark Tuppeting. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) And they had the goal or set out with the goal of revolutionizing the automotive industry. And it's quite interesting. They came from a tech background and then tried to take their experience and the money that they earned from selling that company and put it into an electric vehicle company. And in those early days when they were trying to raise money from venture capital funds, a lot of the time they literally got laughed out the door. Because you can imagine if you're an investor and there's these two guys who are like, we have built and sold a successful tech company and now we're going automotive. You'd be like, are you what? serious? I know. And also thinking back to 2003. Yeah. Like it's hard to picture an autonomous car. Completely. So I get that. And so that is when they came across Elon Musk, who was pretty much one of the only guys who was willing to invest in the company. He invested $6.35 million out of $6.5 million in the initial Series A seed round. So people uh, pretty much consider him a founder. I mean, like, obviously he wasn't like a founder founder, but he came on with the cash and people were like, he's a founder. Fair enough. Yeah. And at the time, he also made himself the chairman of the company. So he <laughs> has been pretty involved from the start. That brings us to 2008 when he ousted the CEO and in classic Elon Musk fashion, he laid off 25% of the staff. (laughs) Yeah. And just I think to set the scene, 2008 was obviously the global financial crisis. There was a lot of people losing a lot of money and it was a very hard time to be a company, specifically a tech company that... I guess a lot of people wouldn't believe in at a time like that. Definitely. So Tesla was burning $4 million a month at this point. This is an environment in which it is incredibly hard to raise money. They needed to raise money and they needed to raise money fast. So I think Mm. they needed to get cash by Christmas and they ended up locking in cash by Christmas Eve. The other thing that's going on in the background here is the automotive industry in the US in the global financial crisis is on the brink of collapse. So Mm. the US government is bailing out General Motors, one of the biggest automotive industry companies in the world. So they really, really defied the odds and it's quite amazing that they managed to get through this period. The point of looking at the background of this company for me is like there's your grit. There's your grit if you found out who in the hardest of times has still been able to raise cash. Completely agree. So two years later, they IPO'd on NASDAQ. They listed for $1.28 $1.28. I know. $1.28. 
I think you <laughs> looked up this great fact. If you had invested $1,000 in Tesla at the point of IPO today, you would have $217,968. Yeah, off the back of 1000 I know. And interestingly, price jumped 41% on opening day in 2010. What I did quite like, fun fact for you, Tesla was the first IPO of an American car company since 1956 when it went public in 2010. Yeah, and wow. The last one before that was Ford. So there had not been an automotive company going public in a very, very long time. I feel like to dot the background of all of these like dates and times, like Tesla has been working on some incredible technology and some of the first, you know, electric vehicles. I think their first model was the Model S in 2010, the same time as the initial public offering. And they got so much press around Mm. these cars. I mean, I think the first car was before that, the Roadster, Mm. and it was like a luxury model EV. But this was kind of the car that was actually meant to be for the general public. Yes. One thing that I was listening to is before the Model S came out, cars were cars. Like they were very hardware, you know, you got in a car and you drove. People talked about the Model S when it was released as being a computer on wheels. Like this mm. car really changed the game in the automotive industry. And then there was a the Model 3 that came in 2016, which was Elon Musk's top secret plan. So this was, I think he tweeted at the time, classic, saying that his goal the whole time was to make a sports electric car and use the proceeds of that to make a luxury sedan for the 1%, which is what we saw in the 2010 year when it IPO'd. And then use the proceeds of that to make a mass market EV. And that, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) is what he is doing today. (laughs) You honestly could do like, you need to do the historical wrap up of every company. That was great. (laughs) I love it. I got so into this acquired episode. I highly recommend that. (laughs) So I think that brings us back to the community question, like, is it a good investment? And to be honest, when I was thinking about where I would start with this, I actually wanted to have a look at the financials because for a really long time, Tesla's been a loss making company. Mm -hmm. So from its initial public offering in 2010, all the way up until 2020, it never turned a profit. We have spoken about before that we think it's really important to be investing in profitable companies because at the end of the day, when it's like a bit of a funny environment at the moment, somewhat recession-y, you want a company to be able to stand its ground. Mm. But Tesla did turn a profit in 2020 and it's been profitable ever since. And I think it was in its last year's update is that it increased its cash position to more than seven. dollars billion, despite still having massive investments in their big factories and on new equipment. So they're in a really strong cash position, which is a great thing to have cash on the side in an environment like this. Yeah. And I think that definitely is a big plus for me, but I do want to challenge you on this a little bit because a lot of what is driving Tesla's profits Mm. is their sale of carbon credits. Yes. So it's not that all of a sudden they're selling so many cars that they're able to turn a profit. It's actually because they are offsetting carbon emissions through their factory, through building electric vehicles. They're then going out and selling these carbon credits to some of the biggest polluters in the automotive industry and essentially facilitating them to make their, you know, environmental targets look better. I don't know. It's kind of... One thing I would say mm. is I agree, mm. but the the ratio of carbon credits to its earnings are decreasing year on year. Okay. So That's I do think that there is still sales of, you know, 
what their bread and butter is, mm. is actually taking over more, but also like how smart that they can use that to their advantage to turn a profit. Yeah. And I think, I mean, whatever makes them a stronger company, mm. great. That's good. I just thought it was interesting because I think Elon made a big song and dance in 2019 around how they were stopping receiving Bitcoin payments for Tesla because mm. the mining of Bitcoin didn't align with their interests. It's not very good for the environment. So for them to then be, you know, turning a profit mainly because of carbon credits is a bit like, hmm, okay. No, it's a good point. I think the other point as well on financials is all around the price cuts that are very, very elevated in the media at the moment. And one thing I would like to say about it is that you said the top secret plan is to make, you know, the cars for the masses. Yeah. So I guess set the sinks. Tesla's been getting a lot of criticism and saying that, oh, they're cutting prices for the Teslas, they must be not selling enough, they must have too much inventory, they must mm. need to get get rid of them. Potentially that is the case, but... But I also think that it means that it actually can lead to more of a spread throughout mm. society and for people to actually adopt these cars. Interestingly as well, the fact that they keep getting all this criticism, I was speaking to a friend about this and they said that suppliers of cars always change their prices, you just don't see it. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Like you go to a dealership and they're like got too much supply and then be like, yeah, you can have two grand off. Like it happens all the time. It's just that they publicly release their prices on their website. Mm. So it's a funny one. But just to round that argument out, I think the price cuts on a whole are a good thing because the more that you can get it through economies of scale, getting it to more people, the more that the technology is going to be adopted. Agreed. Let's go to step number three. So we've done Number one, identify the opportunity. Number two, build the story. Next one is know the market. We're going to get into the competitors, but before we do, we are going to take a quick break for our sponsors. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So one of the biggest things that comes to mind when I think about Tesla is its competitors. Mm. It's really important to get to know the market because undoubtedly Tesla has been a pioneer in the electric vehicle space. Yeah. But a lot of other big automotive brands that have a lot of scale and a lot of, you know, manufacturing facilities are transitioning to EVs now and they are catching up. Mm. I think one of the ones for me that I look to, and maybe because we are kind of in the Asia Pacific region in Australia, is BYD, which Mm. is the Chinese um, electric vehicle company. Interesting. I didn't know this, but they used to be just a normal 
car company. Right, and yeah. they then, I don't know the year, but then transitioned to only EVs. Wow. Now they only make EVs. It's cool. Yeah, it's a big, I mean, it's a big change for Massive. a company to do that. Um, but the reason why I think that they're one of the biggest competitors is that they're catching up in terms of like sales numbers of, of cars to Tesla. Well, their annualised number of cars sold is higher than Tesla, is it not? For last year, where they are now this year is 1.4 EVs. And yeah. last year, Tesla's sales 1. was... 4. 1.4 million. Million. <laughs> and last year, Tesla's sales were 1.3 last yeah. year. But Tesla wants to do 2 million this year. So that Tesla's still in front in terms of annualised sales because the 1.4 for BYD is this year. Okay. So they're, they're in front of Tesla's last year's uh-huh. house. There you go. You're like, yeah. But no, they're a cheaper car to be mm. manufactured. There's a cheaper price. And in Australia, I'm seeing a lot more BYDs than Are I do. You? Yeah, because I think if people... I don't know what they look like. <laughs> they've got BYD on the front. Okay. <laughs> I would love to be able to swap to an electric vehicle. Mm. Like I would struggle because I don't own a home and I think you do need to kind of have a charging facility and everything else. But I wouldn't be able to afford a Tesla. Mm. So, But I would love to be able to, as a consumer, make that choice. So I think it's going to be an option to just go the cheaper route because you're getting similar technology. Mm. What I would like to ask you, so obviously with the EV space, we know that there are competitors. There are a lot of companies Mm. moving to this technology. But what about autonomous driving? Because I think that is probably the bigger point of where Tesla is headed. Yeah that they're going to really potentially capture the market. Yeah. So I'll just define first like autonomous driving being mm. that you don't have someone in the vehicle, the technology does it itself. Driving. Driving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's the SEA, International Administration, they've defined it. There's five levels. Level one's like with a driver in the car still and all the way up to level five, which is no driver in the car, the vehicle does the driving itself. Mm. And I think in the autonomous driving space, I'm not looking at the big auto manufacturers. I'm actually looking at the technology companies that are specifically doing work in this space. So there's some research done by the Guidehouse Insights, which specifically focused on ranking companies developing self-driving technology. And they ranked 20 companies and Tesla came last. Whoa. Yeah. And a company called Mobile Eye, which is owned by Intel, they were ranked first for that specific self-driving technology. So do they actually have cars or are they just developing the technology? So they have these like not um, consumer cars, but in 2023, so this year, they said that they're going to release 35,000 autonomous vehicles for commercial purposes. And wow. if you look this up, if you look up Mobile Eye cars, they look like these big, big square cars almost and I'm Mm. assuming they're going to be used for transportation of goods Mm. the reason why they were ranked first is because they're releasing this technology and it hasn't happened yet obviously but they're releasing it this year and they're supported by someone like Intel who also has incredible AI background and technology I want to take a step back for a second. Do you actually believe that autonomous driving is the future? And do you believe it's Mm. going to happen as quickly as a lot of these companies are saying it will? I'm such a visionary with this stuff. I think it's literally happening like next year. I think there's just no way back from here. I was driving my dad's car the other day because I have obviously moved to Sydney, was driving, came back to Melbourne, was driving his car. It drives itself. Yeah. And he's got like a Land Rover. Like that's, you know, he's not in anything particularly fancy. I mean, they are expensive cars. I was on the freeway, put on cruise control, and I realized that the wheel was Mm. moving itself and it freaked me out. Yeah. I think consumer adoption is going to be the thing that takes the longest, along with maybe a good time to talk about is regulation. Yeah. And also safety. And safety. Once they prove that like an autonomous vehicle is actually safer than a normal regular vehicle and human error, then I think it's going to be great for productivity. Imagine sitting in the car, like just Mm. doing whatever you wanted to do. 
Let's put a pin on that for a second because I think we do need to cover off regulation and safety. But before we do, I want to get to number four, which is having a think about what is the company's moat. So number three is competition. Number four is what is stopping that competition from, I guess, just taking over this company? What's stopping all these other automotive companies from beating Tesla? I reckon one of its biggest moats is that like, Tesla is a vertically integrated company. It works on both the AI technology, but it also has the manufacturing of car capability, which I don't think everyone has. Because Tesla has its is now developing its own battery technology. Own chip, own, own AI chip. chip. Right. So it trains the AI. This is so much jargon, but pretty much in like very, very simple terms, it has its own chip to train the car to use all of the data that it's collecting to create autonomous driving capabilities so that it can drive by itself. And previously it relied on outsource chips from NVIDIA. Yes. Uh, which is just another chip company and now it's got its own, which I guess is a competitive advantage. Number one, because I mean we know that recently NVIDIA was experiencing extreme supply issues. Exactly. So Tesla being able to develop them on their own, they're not reliant on other companies and things like that. Yeah. But also I mean, I don't really know enough about how these work, but maybe they can tailor them more to a <laughs> Tesla. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's actually like 100% it though. It's like the vertical integration. Mm. Like they have that capability to create the car, but then they're this, their own like amazing technology company. Yeah. So this is awesome. But I guess what I would challenge is this is so topical right now. NVIDIA, mm. the share price is going crazy. It's just almost reached or it has reached the trillion dollar club. It's become one of the biggest companies in America. Everyone is onto this chip thing now. Everyone's going to be developing their own. Tesla might be the first, which is obviously great, but can imagine that that might give them a benefit for the next couple of years, but then surely everyone's going to start doing the same thing. Yeah, well, I think then I'd argue that one of their other moats is their scale of production. So because Tesla, as we said in the history, has been around forever, Mm. it has been collecting data that you need to train your chip to work towards autonomous driving. They've been Mm. collecting data for what, 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Good math. Started in I mean, that was one of the biggest things yeah. that Kathy Wood talked about when she was pitching Tesla to us in last week's episode. You know, she said they, this company, Tesla, has had cars on the road for so many years mm. and we joked that proprietary data is the new oil. Yeah. Like this is what companies want now and Tesla has got it. The only counterpoint to this is whilst, you know, they have had cars on the road for a long time, they're only really in the last couple of years achieving scale. Yes, there were cars on the road in 2008, but there was, what, 100? You know, it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have been collecting data for a long time, but it's only really now that they're able to do that on a really mass yeah. level. And maybe like a good data point to go to, and um, I'll butcher these numbers a tiny bit, but it's something along these lines. Last quarter, so the last three months, Tesla sold like 1.3 million cars and someone like GM sold 20,000. Yeah, wow. So it's a big difference in terms of how much they're producing now and I think that's also a part of the moat. So let's go to point number five, which is be your own devil's advocate. So Mm. we've talked a lot today about some of the benefits or the strengths or the good things about Tesla, but what are the negatives? Where does all of this sort of fall apart for Tesla? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. I'm going to counter your question. <laughs> what would be one catastrophic event in mm. the world that would just completely bring Tesla down? So from my research, one that comes to mind is cybersecurity. Yeah. Cybersecurity threats, attacks have been massive recently. Mm. We've seen a lot of companies experience data breaches. We talked about earlier how Tesla is a computer on wheels. Yeah. 
they are run off technology within this car, off Bluetooth, off things like that. And that means that they are open to cybersecurity attacks. Yeah, and it means as well it's so much more dangerous than data being stolen, your personal data, that's very that's very scary. But you could literally have people in cars and someone takes over the system and they purposely make cars crash. Yeah, that like is like it's human lives terrifying. Terrifying. I'm assuming their technology around, you know, hackers and whatever is incredible. So recently Tesla was accused of or maybe they had a slight cybersecurity breach. I can't quite remember what it was. But they then opened up their systems, their operating technology to hackers and said, hack oh, into yes. this and like do your do your best. And I think they got in within like two minutes, which is terrifying. But they are actively trying to develop ways to fight against this. So they're not they're not blind to it. They know yeah. it's happening, but it's a terrifying thought. And I think it could absolutely bring down the company. Oh yeah. If you're an investor today and you're holding ten thousand dollars worth of Tesla and then tomorrow there's a massive cybersecurity hack and someone dies. Like, I reckon you lose all your money. Mm. That's a big devil's advocate. Another big one for me is how entwined Elon Musk is with this company. Yeah. When Elon Musk bought Twitter last year, Mm. I think Tesla's share price declined, was it 45% or something? Like, massive drop in share price. And that was because Elon Musk was perceived to be distracted. Yeah. So if Elon, and we know that he's a volatile person, decides to tomorrow say you know what, I'm going to go head up Twitter or I'm going to go focus on SpaceX. As an investor, I'm very concerned about what that is going to do to the share price. The volatility of it all. Yeah, you want stability. Exactly. I think to counter that, like I think it's outlasted his manic ways. Like it's still, I think, in the long term has gone up. But I agree in the sense that if you're looking for stability, it's a really hard stock to find that in Mm. sometimes. The last one that I think it'd be remiss of us not to touch on because it's such a heated point at the moment, but it's just around regulation of autonomous vehicles. What's interesting is when I've spoken to people about this, they've kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, like policymakers, they're never going to let autonomous vehicles happen and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like there's a lot of negativity around it. Mm. felt like there was even some negativity around, like, Kathy talking about it. But when I did a lot of the research into this, policy is so slow, particularly, like, in the US, like, federal policy can take forever. But I think also on the flip side, autonomous vehicle policy is made on a state-based level in the US and like states are pushing for it and people want it because they find they're finding that it's the cars are safer Mm. and that it's more productive. So it's devil's advocate when people think about it that policy is a bit slow sometimes. But I don't know. Maybe I was reading all the really positive articles, but I found that it was it's starting to get in a good place. Yeah, I was reading some ARK Invest research that suggested that accident statistics for Tesla had already achieved performance superior to human drivers and adjusting for its use on surface streets only, Tesla's self-driving vehicles were actually five times safer Mm. than a manually driven Tesla, which once the technology reaches a point where this is good enough, it makes total sense that this would be safer because you remove human error. Yeah, Tesla is also in court at the moment because someone died in one of their vehicles. They had 17 or some something like that people injured. There's two sides to every story mm. and there's no doubt that the technology still has further to go. But, yeah, it's... It's so interesting. It's almost like the legal stuff will be the stuff that slows policy down. Like I think Australia did a fair bit of research into it and it was stuff that was slowing them down in creating policy is who owns all this data, Mm. who controls it, who gets access to it. That's legally data stuff. But then also like for offences, when people die, who's responsible? True. Yeah. 
And what how, What if you get a speeding ticket? Yeah. I think that's what's going to keep it slow is there's just question after question after mm. question. Well, it is so futuristic and I think that's the thing. It's part of what makes it so exciting and why Tesla and Elon Musk are such visionaries, mm. but it also means that there is a lot to work through. So that is point number five. And our final point number six is look to the future. What do you see happening for this company, for Tesla, well into the future? Do you want to be a part of that journey by investing in the company? Yeah, I feel like this is, you have to believe in the vision of Tesla and you have to believe they're going to be number one. If you want that kind of inspiration, I would recommend going to their Investor Day. I think it's on YouTube or on their website. It was a couple of months ago and they just spoke about their results and that's really speak about all the new technology, the new products, where they're going. Get your bull case from there but make sure that you also go do your research for a bear case. I mean, just Google Tesla and hit the news tab and I'm sure there will be plenty of headlines telling you all the reasons why Tesla is not a good investment. (laughs) But let's wrap it up there, Soph, for now. Next week, we are going to be doing another one of these, as we will be for the next seven weeks. So please get in touch if you have a company that you love, but you're not sure if it's a good investment and we will look into it for you. We will do the research. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at YIGC Podcast. Or join our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We did lots of research for this episode and we will be including all of the links in the episode notes. And of course, if you enjoyed it, we would love if you could please share it with a friend. Otherwise, you'll hear from us next week. Catch you then. Bye. You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.